are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. See, how in the world would you ever get anything from Mark eleven twenty three if you didn't say it first before it ever came to pass? Whosoever shall say to the mountain, be removed. Well, when you said that, it wasn't removed. How in the world would you ever get anything but that principle if you didn't say it first? Then believe and doubt not in his heart. And believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have. What's he going to have? Whatsoever he saith. In other words, whatsoever he planteth. That's what he's saying. And he's telling you that the eternal things of God are clearly understood by the things that are made. Even the eternal power and the Godhead. The power of God, his divine energy is released in his word. The word of God, every promise in that Bible that you have in the New Testament, every promise in the New Testament is a valuable seed to you. But it may never produce anything for you. It may never cause a manifestation unless you plant it. You must be active on your part to cause the manifestation of that. You must plant the seed, then you'll have the harvest. Now we're going to talk about the Godhead. Have you ever been able to understand the Godhead? Don't be like the Sunday school teacher was. She thought she had an absolute foolproof way to prove the Godhead. She told her children, you know, about God the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, said, now here's an egg, it's a shell, then it's got a white inside, and then there's a yolk inside. So she broke it to prove her point, and there was two yolks. <laughs> kind of blew her illustration. But go back with me to Genesis, the first chapter. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. The Spirit of God moves upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, God looked out and he saw darkness, and he called for what was not there. He called for light. Now, you understand readily that God operates different than what humans do. If it had been us, we'd looked out and said, whoo, it's dark. I don't think it'll ever be light. But God called for what he didn't have. Now this is a principle, you'll find it all through the Bible. God calls things that are not as though they were until they are. That's why you should continually call for the promise of God that is not manifest in your life. There's people that'll tell you you're lying if you confess that promise when it's not manifest. How could you lie saying what God said? See, that's the method of calling it. It produces faith, the divine energy of God. Now, as you follow this over into verse 26, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl there, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. God said, Let us make man in our image. Who's us? Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Now, he said, let us make man in our image. Then it went on to say that God made man in his image, in his likeness. The word image and likeness 
indicates that it was going to be a duplication of kind. Now listen to me. A seed produces after its kind. The law of Genesis in verse 11 and 12 says that every grass, every herb, every fruit tree produced after its kind whose seed was in itself. Now God says, let us make man in our image and our likeness. Now what kind is God if he's going to produce after his kind? God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So, Man is created in the image and likeness of God. Move right on over to the second chapter, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. The Amplified says he breathed into his nostrils the spirit of life. Now, if God breathed spirit life into Adam, what kind of spirit was it? It was the spirit of God, wasn't it? So here's a man that God has made. He has a body. He's made his body out of the dust of the ground. But now the real creation is going to happen. See, he made his body out of something that already existed. That's not the creation. He made, he formed his body out of the dust of the ground. Then he breathed into his nostrils the spirit of life. That's the spirit of God, isn't it? So the real man is the spirit man. And it came directly from God. It's his spirit. It's not somebody else's spirit. It's not the devil's spirit. It's not any human spirit. It's the spirit of God that was breathed into him, and then it is called the human spirit in the Bible. So it was God's spirit imparted to man. Man's spirit came from God, in other words. Now, let's notice something. Paul said you'll even be able to understand the eternal power and the Godhead by the things that are made. Now, man was made in the image of God and in his likeness. If you go over into 1 Thessalonians, Paul says that God would preserve your whole spirit, soul, and body, blameless. Spirit, soul, and body. That tells us that man is a spirit. He has a soul. He lives in a body. He's a threefold being. Mankind was so much a duplication of God's kind until... He is a threefold being, spirit, soul, and body. Now, Paul said you can understand the Godhead by the things that are made. I want you to see that. God is a spirit, and God breathed his spirit into man, and the real creation of man was spirit. It's his spirit. came from God. It is of God. It was God's spirit. It became what the Bible calls the human spirit. Proverbs says in chapter 20, verse 27, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of his belly. So God breathed his spirit into Adam. Now, man is a spirit. He relates to God who is a spirit. And God's spirit beareth witness with our spirit. You see the connection there. God's spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we're the sons of God. didn't say our body bears witness with God or God bears witness with our body. God communicates with the spirit. Then Jesus was the physical manifestation of God upon the earth. He was the word made flesh. He was the physical manifestation of God. And we are today what the apostle Paul called the body of Christ. Did you catch that? We're the only body that Christ has on the earth today. 
his physical body is seated at the right hand of the Father. Will stay there until his enemies have made his footstool. So the body relates to Christ's body. We are called the body of Christ. Then the soul of man is the link that links the body to the spirit. The inner link. The Holy Spirit all through the Bible is called teacher and guide. The soul is composed of the will, the mind, and the emotions. See, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truths. See, with your mind. It's your guidance system of this body. I mean, the intellectual part, you see. We're able to assemble knowledge and so on. So the soul of man relates to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit relates to the soul of man because he reveals these things to us. See, Paul says, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. And a lot of people just stop there and just glory in the fact that you never know or understand, but you will if you read the next verse. But God has revealed them to us by his Spirit. What is his Spirit? The Holy Spirit. How did he reveal them? He revealed them through his spirit into our spirit, but you see it had to come through the intellectual realm because it connects the body to the spirit. You can get things in your spirit, but it has to get into your intellectual knowledge sometimes before you can ever get it out. So the Holy Spirit relates to the soul of man, the guided system. The spirit of man relates to the Father, which is a spirit. And our physical bodies relate to Jesus, for we are the body of Christ. So what Paul is saying is very vividly understood when you approach it from that angle. That's the eternal Godhead. Man is created in his likeness. Now that doesn't mean that we're gods as God is God. We'll never be God. We never want to be God. But we are created in his image and his likeness. And Jesus did say, ye are gods to whom the word of God came. What was he talking about? He's talking about rulers and magistrates. Now, there's people that want to make a great issue out of that. But if you'll study the Old Testament and in the New Testament, you'll find that God spoke of mighty men of God, judges, magistrates, and rulers as being gods. And if you read John 10, he said to the people there he's talking to, he said, I said, you're gods to whom the word of God came. Read Psalms 82 is where he got that from. So it's important to understand that we're made in the image and the likeness of God. We are not gods, but we are to be rulers in the earth, under God, to do the work of God in the earth. See, Jesus came, the Bible said Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Well, he's ascended to the Father. And when he left, he said, now you go in my name. You cast out the demons. You speak with new tongues. You lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. What he did, he delegated that responsibility and rulership to the body of Christ. And that's why Paul says, now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. You're the only body that Jesus has in the earth today. So we are to destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. God bless you. I do appreciate you allowing us to minister to you by means of radio today as we've taught about the invisible things of God. Our book offer this week is book offer number 7506. It's called Changing the Scene and Shaping the Unseen. 57-page paperback. 
for $7 plus $3 postage and handling, a total of $10. In this book, well, here's the chapter titles, Looking at the Unseen. Now, how in the world can you look at the unseen? I mean, that sounds like a paradox. Well, Paul said in Romans chapter 1, he said, The invisible things of God from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by things that are made. So when you begin to look at God's word, you begin to look at the unseen because it promises a lot of things that haven't been manifest yet in your life. And you know that. Well, you begin to confess that word until you can see yourself with it. Chapter 3 is called Changing the Scene. You can change what is seen. Chapter 4 is called Shut Your Mouth. You remember Zacharias, he and his wife Elizabeth been praying for years for a child, and the angel appeared and said to your wife Elizabeth, going to have a child. And he said, how do I know you're telling the truth? You're going to have to give me a sign. Well, <laughs> evidently the angel knew that the man was in doubt and unbelief and didn't get his mouth shut up. It wouldn't happen. He said, I'm going to give you a sign, all right. You're going to be dumb until the day it comes to pass. So he was struck dumb for nine months to keep him speaking all that doubt and unbelief. So we're talking about changing the seen, shaping the unseen by the invisible things of God. So you take the word of God, you speak it, and faith comes from that word. That's offer number 7506, 57-page paperback for $7 plus $3 postage and handling, a total of $10. Until Monday, this is Charles Caps reminding you that the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and yes, Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Caps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Capps Ministries and our listeners in this area.